What's all the buzz about, you ask? Queers in Your Ears is a podcast that everyone is talking about. We discuss the trials and tribulations, triumphs, and current events all related to the LGBTQIA community, all in a fun and lighthearted way. And you might even learn something too. So stay tuned. Wait, is that beer? Well, welcome back to another episode of Gay on Tap. I'm here with the King of Twinks. Choice of on? <laughs> no. <laughs> Hi, I'm Austin, and apparently I'm a twink. And I'm Jamie, and... And you're not a twink? No, I don't think I'm a twink. <laughs> well, you guys can vote in the, in the poll later. But we are drinking, and I know... Gays don't do beer really well, but, but it's we're all drinking we have. Miller High Life. That's right, because we're living life. we're living that low life. We're living on the edge. Do the Miller High Life drinkers say that they're living on the edge of glory? Yes. I don't know if that's right. <laughs> I'm not straight or anything, but bro, that doesn't sound right to me. Well, they're living on the edge of not having a lot of calories with a beer because I think it's only 90 calories, and it's also zero percent flavor. Amazing. Yeah, I mean, you can. We have to take what we can get, right? Exactly. Plus, you can't find liquor. ABC is completely sold out. It's the holidays. I know that's right. Okay, well, clink. Clink. (laughs) Jamie, can I introduce today's question? 100%. All right, it's a hotly debated topic, but I want to know, and I think I already know your answer, and I want to fight you for it. Does a toilet paper roll go over or under? Can you describe the situation to us, Jamie? Okay, so it's... (laughs) A very strenuous time in your life. You're in the bathroom. You just your stomach is so upset. You just you know really got to get something out, and all of a sudden you turn. Uh huh. No toilet paper. Shit. Exactly. Literally. <laughs> so what do you do? You shuffle over to the closet. You grab a toilet paper and you put it on. And if it was me, it goes under the roll. And for me, it goes over because I'm a civilized human being. Who said that? Who taught you to put it under is what I want to know. It's 100% under. You know, I have thought about this. People with cats tell me that they do that. Were you raised with cats? No, I was raised with dogs. Do they have a problem with toilet paper in your household too? Not my dogs. To yours? No, because they're not wrong. Who taught you to do it over? Literally everything. Literally every single image or experience that you have with toilet paper puts it over. I think that's false because I'm pretty sure in the Charmin Ultra commercials, they uh, go under. Okay, but here... Okay, hold on. We might need evidence for that. I have also seen blueprints for the toilet paper dispenser holder, and guess what? It always... The patent, Jamie, actually. The original patent. I'm, I'm gonna call bullshit. Where did you see this patent? In the, the internet, of-, of course. And so it has to be true. <laughs> and you just told yourself one day that you were just going to Google the toilet paper patent? You know, for, it's funny. For dispensing toilet paper? First of all, actually, it comes up, okay? If you're on the internet as much as you are as I am, that doesn't make any sense. If you're on the internet as much as I am, you understand. Go ahead. He's Googling I'm it. I'm literally folks. Googling it right now to see if they go over or under. It's just the, it's just the plain toilet okay. paper. That See, one, they know. They, that one won actually, over. Actually, you know, it's kind of stupid to Google them because they're not going to show it with roll of toilet paper on it. It would be covering up the product. Oh, Amazon. Oh, fuck. It is going under. Well, what is it for under. why? Oh, this one has a T-Rex on it, so it must be correct. Okay. I think I might have lost this debate, folks. Honestly. Okay, yeah. but what is the advantage of putting it under, over, or over? Okay. I feel like if you're putting it over, 
like it just isn't like okay another question another serious question about toilet paper are you like a wrapper on the hand are you a folder I don't want to (laughs) say I don't want anyone to know you're a hand wrapper aren't you or you just wad it up and shove it back there I just wash yes that's what I do I wad it up and just shove it back there and I leave it there I mean at least you'll stay clean in your underpants I fold it up I also fold it up I don't put it over my hand I think only girls do that (laughs) sorry to our female listeners girls can you confirm confirm or deny I think the correct way is to go under because, one, you don't have to worry about if it's on a roll, like, going, since it's over, it's just gonna, like, pile up on the floor. But it would do the same thing going under. I don't think so. How is that not possible, Jamie? I don't know, but I feel like it's a proven fact. It's a scientific fact. I just, I I don't know. I don't know what the right answer is. I just feel like we're gonna remain undecided. Yeah, agree to disagree, huh? Well, I'm curious to see what our listeners. listeners think. Are you a part of the triumphant group and best group who goes under with More the like paper? poop. <laughs> <laughs> or are you with the victorious people who have to say that the toilet paper goes over? And you know what? There's actually a third question here. Are you, t- are you the type of bitch that doesn't replace a toilet paper when you use it? I hate those bitches. I don't want to do it either. But I waddle my butt cheeks right across the room and I get another roll like the rest of us. Well, most of the times we have a toilet paper stand, so there's a couple rolls in there. Well, I'm poor. <laughs> I can't afford that, Jamie. I, but I also feel like definitely for you, Persimmon would like She's never, shit up. knock on wood, she has ne- That's gonna sound deafening, <laughs> the microphone. She has never messed with toilet paper, but I do have a friend, I've literally seen her cat just like a treadmill pull a whole roll off the roll. I mean, I sat there and watched, but it was super fun. I would be so pissed. I would be pissed too. That's expensive. And remember during the, the beginning of the pandemic when you toilet paper... You couldn't find anything. I know. It didn't matter if you wrapped your hand, wiped your butt, or didn't wipe your butt. You couldn't find toilet paper, period. People gotta do what they gotta do. They gotta do do what they gotta do do. And when they gotta go, they gotta go. I know that's right. Number one or number two too. Well... I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Ta-ta for now. Cut the cameras, dead ass. Gotta take a shit now. Okay, Bye. Well, hello, I'm Jamie. And I'm Austin, and welcome back to Gay Book Club this week. It literally is. Gays can read. It is still hard. But it's fundamental. And it was fun. I'm not gonna lie. And what book did we read, Austin? We read Bathhouse by P.J. Vernon. Shall we crack it open? I wonder where we should start. Have you ever sat at a book club before? I did. And how did you like it, Jamie? So (laughs) it was actually during the pandemic. And it was a re-education book club. So we read books by prominent black authors. Love that. To kind of understand a little bit more about things that were going on during the BLM movement. Unfortunately, um, the book club didn't have a lot of interest. Aww. Um, But I read three to four books with them. Okay. And then it kind of ended. Hmm. But it was like a Zoom. So we would like read the book and then Zoom people and kind of talk about it for like an hour or so. If anyone's interested, I would love to do that. I thought it was a very good time. My favorite book that we read was called Black is the Body. And it was about an African woman who was raising her children and their perception of their own skin color. And I thought that was very fascinating. And probably educational. It was so educational. But anyway, speaking of cultural appropriation... The book by Bathhouse by P.J. Vernon. If you've read it, it's a thriller. It's a psychological thriller. It definitely has its twists and turns, and we're going to get into it, folks. 
We are. And if you haven't read it, do not listen to this episode. There spoiler will be alert. hella spoilers. And Jamie and I talked about for two and a half seconds whether or not we should spoil the book, and we just thought, fuck it. Let's do it. We did give all of you a fair enough warning. We give you a weak warning to delve into the book a little bit. Even though it took me a month to read the book, I know you got the time to do it. Exactly. Because no one's working during the pandemic. Mm-mm. Especially this week. It's Christmas week. Come on. Right. And no one wants to be with their family. I'd rather be reading a book. Exactly. Cold up by the fire. <sighs> okay. Spiked hot cocoa. Ja- Jamie, you have done incredible work with uh, developing some questions, but I think we probably should start with kind of like an overview of the book. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. What was your, what was your interpretation of the book and like the overall theme of the book? Yes. That's way better. That's way more entertaining. So we're going to do what Jamie said. So I really love to read and I kind of switch back and forth between nonfiction and fiction. I'm kind of a hippie. So sometimes I like to read books about, you know, the environment, but don't tell anyone. Um, so I haven't read a thriller in forever. I don't know why I love them. And this book was super fun for that reason. Like, I think it really got me into, it was like a real crime happening in front of your eyes over and over again. I'm like, how many times can one man get choked? I don't even know how to say it. Um, but otherwise, the book was, it felt like an epi- like a, a 1990s psychological thriller to me. But there was also a lot of privilege that I rolled my eyes at and Dr. Speech. And I have some critiques about it. And they mainly are this. It was no literature book. <laughs> I will say that. But there were some points that I thought were really beautiful. And I thought the writing was fun. I guess my point of view is, the whole time, in the back of my head, there's a relationship between two men. And they're not married, but they wear wedding rings, Nathan and Oliver. And that's some fucked up shit. Because I was like, hold on, hold up a second. This is where the, this I think is where the problem starts. And if you've read the whole book, you know that this is actually where the problem starts. But at the end of the uh, the book, when it's revealed who is pretty much doing and acting all of this pain onto Oliver's life, which is his husband. Not husband. It makes sense from the beginning, right? Did you feel stupid when you read the end? Kind of a little bit, because to myself, I thought it was smarter than that. And Right, that's what I mean. That's the kind of my, my critique. Yeah, me being... But, but that... It's a double-edged sword, because that makes it also a very good book. But to me... True. Like, I... Kind of, like, more live in the fantasy realm or, like, the autobiographical Fully. realm right. for books. So I've also never really read a thriller like this. Mm-hmm. Like, not, like, a real life, like, this could actually happen. Yeah. And my interpretation of the overall book was I thought that it was, I thought that was good. I thought it had a really good storyline. I did like how it switched from characters to characters. And uh, timelines. Yes. Mm-hmm. So basically, in the book, there are two main characters a man named Oliver and a man named Nathan. Nathan is that stereotypical, like, came from a wealthy family, ended up as type a doctor. A. And Oliver is the type of person who came from a not-so-great background. Um, parents kind of didn't get along. And there his were a lot mom of passed when he was young, right? Yes. And then he kind of was in that road of recovery. So you're obviously a very vulnerable person. He's an addict, which is a huge theme of this book, in my opinion. And I've made multiple notes about that. And then basically... They meet, mm-hmm. and then Nathan hires somebody to inflict pain on Oliver. A Swedish, or I guess, was Norwegian? he Swedish? He was Norwegian, a man named Christian. Yes. Who was also truly a horrible person. Yeah, he was, like, into that snuff film He was making stuff. videos of him choking random people and was trying to do that to the 
the one of the main characters. And to me, a lot but of But hired book, by the main character's husband. Yes. Not husband. <laughs> and a lot of the book was, like, very secretive and going behind each other's back, which I feel like Oh is my gosh, yeah. Prominent in the gay community. Okay, so let's talk about this. So we'll start here. I think that's a great starting point. So that's kind of a cover of the book. If you haven't read it, good luck, sweetie. But you talked about, like, uh what's the word, not trusting them, and both having very nefarious plans behind each other's back. And you kind of see one plan act out very forward, right? So, like, Oliver is very upset at his own weakness where he goes and tries to attempt to cheat on the man who he thinks is really taking care of him and helping him recover through, uh, I think it's five years of um, sober. Yeah, sobriety. Being sober. Sobriety, thank you. Because I'm not sober, that's why I can't remember the word sobriety. Um, but the point is, is that they're both living these storylines that you think are completely diametrically opposed, and they flip at the end. But to me, I also, it was hard because there was a dichotomy within Oliver himself. It mm-hmm. was like, I want to be that perfect partner that is like... But he was so everything. easily self-sabotaged. Yeah, but then I'm Correct. also going to like use drugs, I'm going to cheat on my supposed right. husband. And he <laughs> talked to Tom on, well... Was that actually Tom? That's yeah. a question I have. Yeah. So he talked Tom vote on the on meat. Was it Meat Locker? So Tom is another subtle character who is best friends with Nathan. But there is an app that I thought that was. It was called Meat Locker, but it Which, was it's a, a gay spin- dating app. It's yeah. a spinoff of Grinder. Yeah, mm-hmm. basically. And throughout the book, Oliver is often on this app trying to exchange pics, like talk with people, like all of this stuff, while also still in a relationship. It, I don't know, it was weird to me because it was like Oliver had his, like, one foot in the relationship and one foot out of the relationship. And very, like, uh, unabashedly did. Like, he would just very forward make the mistake of cheating, essentially. Well, and it, it also... And talking like, to guys online. He compartmentalized his life. Yeah, exactly. Where one of them is like, I'm going to cheat, I have to cheat, I have to do this. And the other one is like, oh my god, I can't believe I did that. Why did I do that? Which brings me to my first thing, I kind of don't like Oliver. And I knew I didn't like Nathan, but I didn't know why. Well, so, before we get ahead of ourselves... Okay, yeah. (laughs) This is gonna be a really hard episode to follow. Why don't we go ahead and ask, would you recommend the book? Um, if you like thrillers, yes. If you're gay, absolutely. Because, honestly, I'm sick of gay and queer literature being overly dramatic. They're, like, always dramas. or always sad. There's, like, this deep horror... Except for Find Me by Andre Asimon, but that'll be another book club. Um, there's always, like, some horrible backstory. This was just a fun thriller that all the characters felt very pulpy, and, like, the book kind of felt like pulp fiction to me. And so, take it to the beach. Take it to your family's house on vacation. Christmas vacation. It's super fun. Especially if you like crime. And if you need a good rush, it's Yes. We'll definitely get your heart pumping, and it also, like, I couldn't get enough. Like, I was like, damn, I wish I had more time to read these chapters. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, my next question I had was... Mm. I'm sorry to interrupt, but you would also recommend the book, is what you're saying. Oh, 10 out of 10, I Full. would recommend Okay, the book. I just wanted to, cl- to clarify. What is one thing that you still don't understand after reading the book? Um... The law surrounding the Klein Foundation owning their Georgetown. I was like, what the fuck does it even... I don't... Why would... What the fuck? I don't... Well, And I, also, why would Kathy be so mean? I guess she's painted as being, like, horrible and, like, a cold mother. But remember when she showed up... Uh, here's what I don't understand. Whose house were they in when Hector, who was posing as Jeff, came over to have drinks with them? So, before we get into that, a couple <laughs> more characters. So, the characters in the book are Oliver and Nathan... 
Kathy Klein, who is Nathan's, Nathan's mom. mom. The dad, who I don't remember. But Oliver's parents, one of them died due to a disease, and the other one, I think, also died she and died. drank himself to death. Oh, yeah, dad drank himself to death, for sure. Um, then there is Hector, who is Oliver's old boyfriend, who used a lot of drugs with him and raped him in Indiana, so right. he also has more of a checkered past. And he was also his, like, ex-boyfriend, a long-term relationship with Hector. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then there's Tom, who is Nathan's best friend. Mm-hmm. And Hector also goes by the name of... Jeff. Jeff. Right. Trying to get back into Oliver's life. Right. And then there is also a man named Christian who was hired by Nathan to basically... Scare... scare Oliver. Oliver and to stop... To, like, stop cheating. Which... Okay. A little too far, right? (laughs) I think we've covered all the characters, though. We we definitely have. Except for Kimberly, who is the boss... Who is Nathan's friend also. Actually, she doesn't yes, matter. She did. She never comes back in after, like, the third episode. But Just to answer kidding. your question, the house that they were at were Kathy and her husband's right. house in South Carolina. In Charleston. Yeah. Or, no, it's, like, on a beach next to Charleston. Yeah. I totally remember that. I was like, who the fuck? Um, yeah, that's it. Okay, so, clearly I was too bored in that chapter to care whose house it was. And I was like, she can call the cops if she wants to. Because she reminds me of the mom from Dharma and Greg. Kitty. Never. Look it up. From that 70s show? No. It's a different one. Oh, okay. Never watched it. <laughs> Sorry, I rambled. I don't know if I necessarily had anything that I guess I still didn't understand in the book. Remember when he goes pick, he picks up Tilly because they because someone breaks into the house and then the dog gets out, but he originally thinks that Christian has Tilly when he meets him out at the hotel. Yeah, but to me, Nathan staged that. So to me, Nathan staged that... So he probably gave the go-ahead for Christian to take oh, the dog. yeah, no, I'm agreeing with that. But, I, but my question is, is how the dog ended up in that bitch that bitch's house? Because I think Christian gave You think it. he put the dog in a lady's backyard? Yes. Because she's like, remember, she's like, that gate... Um, was or, open. Yeah, I was like, mm, something doesn't sound right here. But she didn't accept money, so that is kind of scary. I don't know. Okay. Well, they weren't paying her. She just wanted proof... That that was the owner. I know, but remember, he offers her money. Oh. Well, she's too rich, so she That's what I'm saying. I was like, it doesn't make any sense. Also, listeners, be aware that we're delving into a lot of different events that happened within Mm -hmm. the book. So if it is a little bit confusing, just spark notes it. See what happened in the chapter. Google it. makes sense. You've read the book by this point, so you should follow along. And we expect you all to be extremely smart. When you're in book club, just fucking dive in, bitches. Actually, there is a question that I didn't understand. Okay, Jamie, what is it? I don't understand why Hector came back. Uh, he wanted to... Remember the Wi-Fi? He, like, extorted him. I do forget that part. Because, like, I know he was like, I've he been trying to reach Wi-Fi. you. And, like, I want to talk about getting back together. But Oliver clearly said was, like, I don't want anything from you. Is that the only reason he came back was to get Oliver back? I don't remember that part, actually. Okay. Oh, we're the worst. Well, we'll just move on to the next question. <laughs> if you read the book, tell us in the... Uh... So who was your favorite character and why? Um. Well, after I figured out that Kathy was not the killer, I love Kathy. She's super cold. Uh, yeah, she's a bitch. She drives a super fun car. I had to Google it, but apparently it's extremely expensive. I mean, uh, they live in New York, for God's sakes. That's true. No. Is yes. that right? Yeah. Oh, they live in Georgetown. No, they live in D.C., the parents live in New York, though. No, she went to New York for the banquet, I thought. No, Nathan went to a business uh, meeting in New oh, York. Oh, so she lives in New York. Yeah, and they met each other. That's why they went to the house. Okay, duh. See? I finished, like, two weeks ago. 
<laughs> so that's how fast my memory was. Um, okay, love that. But I think she's super fun. She's super rich. I don't want to live in New York, but love's that for her. Who would you want to be? Who's your favorite character? Who I, would play her? Diane Keaton. Ah! No, she's too nice. I don't want to say Meryl Streep because that's just, say, that's just too easy. I think. Nicole Maybe. Kidman and old lady prosthetics. <gasps> or Jennifer Coolidge. I can see Jennifer Coolidge playing She that. could not play. She could not in a million years. But I think my favorite character was actually the inspector. Like the detective. Uh, doc- uh, detective Hennings. I had moments where I was like, damn, is she homophobic? Because she Fully. was like marital status and all this stuff. Yeah. But through her hard exterior, she really helped Oliver in the end. Like she was like, yep, he's dead. Christian. She did, but she served the hardball. She was like, you have to tell your motherfucking husband what the fuck's going on. The fact that she played ball like that was very cool of her. Well, I also, at the end, she was like, don't worry. And, like, she would, like, call and check up on him. Right. And, yeah, I just think, like, she was a bad bitch. Obviously a lesbian. 110%. Very cold, though, still. Like, she's a professional to the bone. Do you know what I mean? Oh, 100%. She was, like, a very empathetic person. But... She was the like, job I'm going, right. She's like, I'm going to do the job. She's from, she's from Jersey. Jersey. I love that. Okay. Also, then, I want to say, um, second runner up, Tilly. Oh, the dog was amazing. She's a queen. We love, Tilly, we stand. And when Tilly was gone, I literally, my heart fluttered. I know. I thought, I literally thought Christian was going to kill her. I did too. And when he was talking about like, oh, the things he said he wanted, oh, and the fact that he bluffed and said that he had Tilly, I was like, I believed it. But it was, I think to me, Christian took it like too far. Oh, he completely, I mean, obviously. Well, at that point, I feel like he had done his job of scaring Oliver. Right. And then he was just like out for fun because he wanted to make another snuff film. Exactly. So my next question is, which character do you see yourself as? And if you don't, you don't have to answer the question. I want you to go first. I want to hear what you have to say first. Yeah, see? Put you on the spot. To me, I see myself as Oliver not as in like like only personality wise not like action wise or anything and the reason I say that is because he was like very self-sabotaging he always had self-doubt okay he never thought he was good enough and I feel like that resonates with like a very big side of me and I'm gonna like try and work on that because that's not healthy okay yes okay so 2022 we're all about self-care self-care. No, I love that. I was also gonna say, because I, I wanted to say Oliver, too. But then I have to be different, right? I mean, let's be for real. I, I'm gonna say Oliver, actually. Okay. Because, I mean, he's the most human in my opinion. He has guilt, although I'm not gonna say that I'm exactly like him, because he made some decisions that I'm like, you're dumb. Yeah. Like, I have been extremely horny in my life. Very horny. I'm a boy, okay? That makes no difference, but just trust me, okay? And I've never thought that I couldn't control myself the way he couldn't control himself. Like, you have a hand. There's porn on the internet. L- right. Exactly. Let me write the author right now. I'm or like, let me have a suggestion for you. sext your partner. Be like, hey, do you have five minutes at work to rail me well, in the ass? Remember when, after he was, like, talking to Tom on Meat Locker, I was like, why are you doing that? Like, that's so dumb. Like, you're already in all this shit, and you're gonna do that? But I'm also like, why did you hire someone to try and kill your boyfriend? 
You can't just have a sit down well, and he talk did, with him. He, See, you know what? This is the underlying theme. Communication. It's miscommunication. There was literally no communication between the two of them, and they wanted to say things to each other, and then they'd just be like, mm, okay, well, I'm going to go over here, and you can go over there in your office. Snaps to that. I definitely agree with that. Um, to a point of, is this a, re- a part of all gay relationships or all relationships, period? And it's all relationships, period. Yeah. Which I don't is think we should put a label that it's just gay relationships. Because it would just be inaccurate. But that is the overarching theme, right? And But what's so surprising to me is you think you're in these characters' heads and they're communicating effectively because Oliver's so um, all over the place, but he's clearly communicating every single thought that comes into his head. And Nathan's like, I'm going to do this and I'm doing it well. And he never kind of lets slip in his thoughts, obviously, because it would ruin the story. But... He's so, like, uh, stern. Calculated. Exactly. Like, he knows exactly what he's saying, and he never lets slip what's actually going on to Oliver the whole time, and or to the reader either, which is fun. But, I don't know. It kind of seems like a little cheap sellout. It's like, are we really getting the whole story, or is this just for, you know, the yucks? I mean, it's a... I don't know if you can really know. Like, because we're not in the author's head. But, you know something I did think that was super kinky... Tell me. Is when Nathan, like, knew that Oliver was in recovery. Oh, yeah. And he was like, let's go get you a phone. He literally did. And Oliver sucked his dick to get a phone. Yeah, that's true. And when you're thinking back on that, you're like, oh, that's problematic. But that's clearly where the storyline starts to unfold, right? Yeah. Like, this is where Nathan starts to fucking look like a creep. Which he totally was because you're taking advantage of somebody to try to help them. In a hospital. And he clearly knew that he was not, like, there for his sick mom. Remember, like, he said. I'm like, um... Actually, this is starting to find out creepy as hell. And then when he goes to that, the, where does he go, where he gets the, uh, Pixis machine where you can dispense the medications? Oh, like, it's a supply closet room. Yeah, or something like that. And he starts to get fentanyl to kill Christian, right? I was like, bro, you're committing murder. That's literally murder. And I'm like, oh, this is the first time you've, like, committed a felony, literally, and you don't think two thoughts of it. Like, it's just in the storyline, like, nothing's wrong. Question, though. Okay, I'm here. There was literally a point in the book where, um, I can't remember. I think Oliver fucked Nathan. Mm-hmm. And Yeah. It's Nathan, toward the beginning. Nathan was like, it feels like Christian's bare ass is, like, up against my, or my, his thighs are up against my butt. And I was like, does that mean that Nathan fucked, like, Nathan and Christian fucked? That's something I... That was vague, wasn't it? Yeah. I I do not believe that he did, because I think since... The book was very graphic. Like, remember when Christian was talking about what his his mom was essentially a prostitute who who let men have sex with him also, you know what I mean? He, like, was very graphic with the definition there, the the details as well. I think the author would have put in, like, Oliver's thoughts about, like, insertion and rape, because he definitely got their in the woods with Hector and Tyre in the past. Yes. Um, so I don't think that happened. I think it was close. And I obviously it was still completely scarring. Like, they were naked and... So it's just like a figure of speech that the author was using in regards to Nathan and Christian. I think so, yeah. I think he was in his own head and he was, like, essentially escalating what happened in his head because of the anxiety. And obviously he thought Christian was still... Well, Christian was still alive at this point. But um, I'm pretty sure... But I think he was just like, that was like fear escalating it. Because in a lot of parts of the stories, in the story, excuse me, he definitely takes things to like a non-existent level. 
Like, you'll read it, and you'll have to be like, wait a second, did that actually happen, or is this in its head? And a lot of times it was in his head. Okay. I can I, can I feel that, that that's the answer that I have for the girls today. My next question is, what do you think the significance of the rings were between Nathan and Oliver, even though they weren't married? So, the whole time I was reading it, I was like, these bitches are wearing rings. Like, there's that's really fucking weird. And it's mentioned over and over again. Like, the fact that they wear rings and... Like, Kathy has a huge problem with it. And the Detective Hennings questions it in the beginning. Exactly. Um, it's about control. Like, when you, when you read, when you find out that Nathan has been, you know, orchestrating this whole thing, didn't he, he was the one who mentioned, I'm pretty sure, that was in the very beginning, I think, but I'm pretty sure Nathan was the one who wanted them to wear rings. Yeah, Nathan did. So, it was, it's about control. Like, he clearly was preying on Nathan, or on Oliver, because he was an addict. He was vulnerable, right? This is about someone who is a predator, but to me, I'm like, did he really have that much control over Oliver? Because at the end of the day, Oliver did what he wanted anyway. I mean, did you read the book, Jamie? Oliver was like, I guess I can't help it. I'm just gonna have to suck this man's dick. Like, he was a... Pre- and I think after, like, they read... Or, sorry, after they... It's back in time, entire Indiana. And he goes to the bonfire with Hector. Hector. And Hector tries to rape him. And then he leaves. He's walking down the road. And he gets picked up by that guy. Oh my god. And he's like, let me see it. Let me see your ding dong. And he literally is like jerking it. And he's just sitting there looking at the door handle. And I'm like, get out of the car. Like, what is he gonna do? You know what? I've never made this connection before. But after talking with you about this, I don't think Oliver ever got sober. I think it was uh-huh. like from one thing to the next. So he was a sex addict. Like he legit had a problem. Okay. Because and then he, he also mentions in the beginning that he was running a lot. Like, he was addicted to running. Running, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the point. Like, he's an addict. He is a completely vulnerable person who could be easily taken advantage of. And it's like, I guess it's not his fault. Because people have mental illnesses. And people have struggles. And people have addictions. And, you know. But, girl. Seek help. Well, it also just shows you the disparities. Disparities, lol. Love it. Disparagus. <laughs> disparities against people who have an illness exactly whether that right. be mental or addiction because no one is no one's there to help them no one wants to help them everyone wants to take advantage of and them and that's the point of the dual narratives because you're reading Oliver's and you're like clearly this man is stupid and dumb and like weak and then you clearly realize as the book progresses that he's clearly not there and he needs help and he has some things he's working on and at the beginning you're like Nathan is clearly a put together man who pays taxes and he has a townhouse in Georgetown but he's not because he's only service level and that's right and his mom Owns the motherfucking house. Actually, the Klein Foundation owns the house. But that doesn't surprise me because they're preserving an old house. Yeah. But like, that's... like, think about it. Like, in Charlotte, <laughs> if people don't residentially own that house, it goes to the city. Do you think about it? Yeah. No. No? You mean, like, the historic district. Yes. Yeah, I get that part. But but I guess what I'm saying is, like, he's not as put together as you think you are, as he thinks he is. Well, yeah, because he's literally, like, still sucking on the tit. Uh, That's what I line. mean. So you get these dual narratives, and they they literally do a 180 at the end. Which is, I guess, great writing. Okay, PJ, you got me. My next question is, how do you feel or interpret Nathan and Oliver using condoms when they were together? Um, okay. Well, I understand it. Because real trust is not what happened in this book. <laughs> but, I mean... Why not? I think Nathan... Okay, so what your implication is, is that Nathan was assuming that... I'm sorry. No, you're good. Nathan was assuming that Oliver was going to be cheating, and so that's why they wore condoms? No. 
But you, you bring just... up a good point. Okay, but what's your point here, though? My point was, like, I just, like, didn't understand what... But, LOL. Going back to that, like, first question I asked, I didn't understand why they did. Because, like, when you're in a relationship, I feel like there's that trust that, like, right. like you can just have unprotected sex. But I think that's the implication. Like, I think... Oh, because there was no trust there. Right. Exactly. Because wow. Nathan... I mean... Am I, I a dumb white I boy? Don't know. Not at all. I think you finished the book about a hundred days before me. I was like, let me read another page. <laughs> um, no, I think that's kind of the point. Like, obviously we were like, this is not okay. Red flag. Two questions I have are more sort of like fun okay. questions. So have you ever been to a bathhouse? I have not. But I have some tea. Oh. Jamie, have you been to a bathhouse? I have not. Oh, this is the most boring episode ever. <laughs> I think the the term bathhouse is probably regional. It definitely is not called a bathhouse here, but we do have a bathhouse in Charlotte that was historical location be- below one of our hotels downtown. Did you know that? I did not. Which hotel was it? I don't remember. Oh, no, it's not a hotel. At the Rosemont. But the idea is creepy, especially how it's depicted in the book. It seems like a Vegas strip club to me that's gone, or actually worse, a Vegas massage parlor, which is human sex trafficking, by the way, which is not okay. Yeah. But it was skeezy AF. I didn't really enjoy the depiction of the bathhouse because to me, to your point, the bathhouse is a regional thing. You know, when I think of it, I think of Middle Eastern, like Greece, like... You're thinking of like the Turkish bathhouses. Yeah, where people just go to like unwind and like relax. We can not like for... Just Back like in. going and getting railed in the, yeah, in the but back. Yeah, but I will say, if, hearkening back to maybe one of our episodes, there is a book called Faggots by Larry Kramer. It's Larry Kramer. He writes, and it's fictional, but it is based off of, like, stories that he was told by his friends. In New York in the 60s, there were tons of bathhouses, and they were literally just gay, they were literally, like, a traditional, like, locker room, sauna setup, essentially, where gay men flocked to. Like, no one else went there except for gay men, and that's where they fucked. That's where they had sex. Anonymous sex. And before the AIDS epidemic, it was like, people were fucking all the time. Can I say fucking this many times? People were having sex all the time. Over and over again. Like, days and days of just having sex. I feel like that's probably why, like, there aren't a lot of bathhouses here. Like, whether for fucking or whether for just, like, having a nice soak in the water or, like, a nice sauna session. I feel like there aren't because it's depicted as a negative thing. It's a suck and J-O session. Yes. Exactly right. Yeah, um, definitely not something that we find here, but still, I'm skeezed out by it. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't want to go to that particular establishment. Oh, you ain't looking to get choked in a back room? No. No. If you ain't looking to get choked in a back room, you can't listen to our podcast anymore. And my last question is, fuck, Mary kill, Nathan, Oliver, Christian. I hate this question. I just wanted to, I just thought it was fun. Um, no, I love it secretly. Um, okay, well, I guess kill Nathan, because that gets rid of some problems. Uh, <laughs> that doesn't leave me with very good options, does it? So that's fuck Christian or marry Christian or fuck Oliver and and marry Oliver. Mm-hmm. Mm, this is horrifying. Well, definitely don't want to marry Christian. <laughs> so I guess I'm gonna fuck him <laughs> and marry Oliver because he seems le- he's like the least problematic character in the whole story, even though he is extremely problematic. I mean, they're all prob- problematic in their own way. But also marry Kathy, <laughs> kill Tom. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Kill Hector. And, yo, definitely kill Hector. And fuck the guy who drove that creepy truck. (laughs) 
Just as a joke, though. I think I'd probably kill Christian, like, not really into getting choked or, like, being in a snuff film. Yeah, yeah. Um, I probably would marry Oliver and I'd fuck Nathan. So literally, what happened in the book? <laughs> yeah. I hate that question, though. Okay, would you adopt Tilly? Oh, 100%. If you found Tilly, would you, uh, would you even tell someone that she was gone? Probably not. So that's the problem in the story that I found. I'm like, that bitch would never call in real life if she weren't prompted to do that. I think she would because I feel like she's that type of woman that is Mm -hmm. like... No, uh, she was a bitch from day one. She's like, go get the dog. What's the dog's name? I don't even know the dog's name. Exactly. That's why she wouldn't want it because she couldn't be bothered with it. And it probably track mud on her a thousand-year-old Persian carpet that was like a million dollars. It's so true. What was her name again? Barbara? Just kidding. (laughs) Probably. Probably Barbara Ann. I'm pretty sure he said that. And also, from the very beginning that Nathan knew all the shit was going down, I'm like, disgusting. We'll just confront get it over with but clearly they're not gonna do that no and kind of that's the theme of my emotions during the whole book i'm like why aren't they just like talking about this especially nathan not talking about it you know what i mean like exactly when that started happening more and more i'm like hey hold on wait a second i hate it here these were excellent questions jamie i tried so i have a lot that i have to share with you because i took notes while i'm reading oh i took notes at at the end of every chapter love that I love that for you. I wasn't that astute. I was just like, what the fuck do any of these mean? So for, you've kind of gotten a coverage of the whole book, the plot line per se. We've covered the topics, the questions. Jamie has so graciously prepared these very comprehensive uh, topics. But now I'm just going to go into complete and total buffoonery. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. Okay, so I highlighted a lot of stuff, but from day one, I think this is on page 75, there's a sentence that blew me away and I have to talk about it. Okay. Kathy's grimace cranks a burner in my lizard brain. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> I totally don't remember that. That is insane to me. Some of these sentences blew my mind. But I'm not surprised because Nathan was kind of like a lizard. He was cold-blooded. Okay, but I get that point. Apple doesn't far fall from the tree. And she was nasty as hell to him. You could hear those nails just like click, 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 clicking mm-hmm. around everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, I love that. Sometimes I just find really funny, funny sentences. So the next one was, there's a Republican conference at the Kennedy Center. I'm up to my balls in Midwestern closet cases. Was that from Tom? I'm pretty sure. Definitely. Yeah, I think he called Tom, or Tom called him to check in on him. And he was like explaining about, like, because he was an aide for a senator, right? Yeah, he was. A Republican senator. I couldn't get a read on Tom. What was your read on Tom? I thought at first, skinny twink, like, little, little Miss Thang. And then, like, as it went on, I'm like, I don't know. And the fact that they went out to, like, go... I, okay, first of all, they're under immense stress. And it's building throughout the entire book. They both have all these unresolved conflicts, like, gaining and, like, snowballing in their heads. And they're going out to drinks with a man. Like, going to, to the club. I don't want to go to the club when I have a little problem. When, when I go to the club, you will know that I am free. I just also thought it was weird that they were literally sitting there and Tom was like, ooh, what do you think about him? Ooh, what do you think about him? Yeah, ooh, that was weird. That's when that's when things started getting very strange. And also, when they were at the uh, at Kathy's house and they were, like, passing around drugs and people were taking them. And I was like, this man's a recovering addict. And Nathan took one, I think. Yeah, and they were fully going to have a foursome if, like... Clearly. And that was mentioned. He's like, how many people, like, does it count for a foursome? Or a, a orgy, I think he yeah, said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, doesn't more than, just any more than three... What is going on in this book? <laughs> yeah, it was bizarre. And also the fact that they were at that house and he was like, or Nate, or excuse me, Oliver was 
constantly trying to message this ghost profile while Kathy and what's his face were calling the cops on them. And there's like stressful things happening with Hector. And then Nathan like breaks a bottle and he's still on his phone trying to message this person. Because Oliver just wanted to know who it was. I understand that. But he had no idea that it could be someone in the room. You know what I mean? He fully had it. That's why he was doing it. He he had the two people that he had Oh, by that point. You're right. Okay. But still... When it pinged her phone, I was still gagged. But it didn't ping her phone. I know, but he thought it did. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he's like, that's not my... Or she said, that's not my phone. And I was like, fully gagged about that. I wanted it to be Kathy really bad. And at she first thought, I was like... I don't think she was that smart. She's definitely... Well, she's conniving. But not that conniving. Yes, she was. She's old, so she can't use a phone. Oh, please. That's true. They did say it at the beginning, I think. Oh my gosh. What a, what a roller coaster. It was... There was a lot of plot twists. And a lot of things that I was not expecting to see. Or, sorry, not see, read about. And picture in my mind, you know? We watched the TV series. Could you imagine if there was one? Yeah, I kind of can. It would be hot as hell. They should, they should, okay, this is a great question. If they made this into a TV series, what's the vibe? I'm thinking, um, CSI, but make it gay. I would say, like, CSI slash Twilight, but make it gay. You said Twilight. Yeah, even though I don't like Twilight. Because of the drug addicts. I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, because everyone's so, like, mopey and sullen and emotional, and there's just, like, so much drama that happens Amen. in that movie. Except for Tilly, living her best life. Tilly would be Jacob from Twilight. I just, like, didn't give a fuck. I fully feel that. Another theme that I kept picking up on was obviously addiction and, like, vice, because they both have a problem. My point of view, is like, Nathan, who is, like, trying to take care of this quote-unquote addict. It's not a quote, actually. He was an addict. But he's also just drinking every night. Taking Ambien every night. He's just as big as an addict as Oliver is. He just could cover it up better. No, he just has a lot of money, so people think it's okay. You can just, like, drink all you want, and you can take prescription pills, and it's, like, acceptable. This is really a statement of class division. It okay? is. I feel like it's a critique on society. It is, because it's, like, someone who is trying to do well, clearly not able to do that by themselves, needs help, but means well. And then another person who is, like preying on people who can't take care of themselves. You know what I mean? 100%. Because they have accessibility and they have some sort of money. It's some bullshit. It is. I hate it here. Don't we all? All right. So another one that I want to talk about. Oh, this was a gay relationship dynamic kind of situation. So I know if you're, if any of our listeners are in the gay community, which they may or may not be, There is, like, a societal norm of gay relationships, just like any other relationship. They're not as obvious, I think, to people. And I think there's really no set definition, and I'm sick of people giving them definitions. But there are complicated relationship dynamics with with gay couples because there's really no set of rules, right? Essentially, I think it's a good depiction or a good depiction of a bad gay relationship dynamic, which exists in all couples. But, you know... It's, some, it's kind of refreshing to see a relationship in gay culture, like, not go well in a fun way. Because usually it's like, oh, well, they're, like, either closeted or they just, just want to die or something. But this one was, like, one's evil and, like, a villain, like a true villain. You know what I mean? I hear what you're saying, but... It may not make sense, but I think it's super fun. It was, like, obviously it's not on the TV screen or anything, but, like, it was a way to view, I guess, the trials and tribulations of a relationship. It doesn't have to be gay, because I could even feel like this could happen in... But what I'm saying, it's fun that it was gay. Oh, okay. Like, that's part of the book for me. I was like, oh, it's like, I don't know why, but why not? You know what I mean? True. 
Plus, it was marketed as, like, this gay thriller and explicitly for the gay community. And, honey, they said the excellence on the throat. I didn't like that at all. Also, how long does it take a throat bruise to heal? Oh, a while. Clearly. I mean, the whole book, practically. But if you, if you like, think back to, like, the pr- amount of pressure that Christian had on him. Oh, and then fully. again. Like, yeah. twice. Right. And then, you know what? In I the thought, elevator, right? I also finally get the cover art. It's his neck. Yeah. And the whole book is... But the X on the neck. And then Nathan gets the chop. Full end. But it's still... Is it an X? Oh, yeah. The pink X. X, Right. Fully. I mean, that's a good book cover, right? It It covers all the topics. Clever marketing. But again, he got choked again in the elevator, right? With Christian at the hotel? Because he thought that he had Tilly Tilly, and he did not. He just used it as a ploy. I hate that. And the bartender should have been like, um, excuse me, what the fuck is y'all talking about? The bartender doesn't get paid enough to do that. Retweet that. I love that. Okay. I have a few more. It says, a crowd that's almost exclusively white and either rich or pretending to be. Laughter and, oh my god, he's fat now. And, oh my god, that's bottom is sloppy. And, oh my god, his bussy's worn the fuck out. That's literally any gay, any Verbatim. Verbatim. So he got that down to a T. I think he's just a gay person. Uh, Probably. Some, like, I don't know, some of the, some of the stuff when they were like, um, we're gonna go back in time to Tyre, Indiana, I'm just like, why did this have to be in the book? But, hey, if a writer wants to hit a certain amount of pages, he wants to hit a certain amount of pages. Oh, I know, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I do feel like a lot of that could have been cut out of the book completely. Exactly. Um, especially even, like, some of the follow-up for the crime itself. Like, when he went back to the, the bathhouse to talk to the guy at the front desk to convince him to come forward with details. I was like, this really could have not even been part of the book when you think about it. Cause it's like, does this, it moves the investigation forward, but it doesn't really help the plot in the end. Yeah. I feel that. Let me critique this book. Even more. Never read a, never wrote a book, never read a book in my entire life. (laughs) Let me, let me critique it. But yeah. Do you have any like final closing thoughts on the book? I don't. <laughs> I mean, overall, I thought it was I thought it was a pretty good book. Obviously, I think there are a lot of things in any book that you read that are gonna be, hey, I could take it or leave it. Mm-hmm. I do think it was interesting to read a book centered around a gay couple and kind of the trials and tribulations of something that goes on within a gay couple. Yeah, because you do know those people who are like, yeah, we're open or like we wear we're... wedding rings even though we're not married. Exactly. <sighs> so I just it was mm-hmm. cool insight, I should say. Yeah. To piggyback off that, honestly, I do love reading, like, pulpy stuff that's just gay. Or at least my representation of sexuality. Because it's just fun to see it. Like, please give me more nonsensical stories of just gay people doing what everyone else does. Because that's what we do, right? We, I guess we get strangled in bathhouses. Like, the rest of us. Right, Mom? Do you know what I mean? I mean, I just think it is a critique also, like, that gay people more take more risks. I'm not saying that the risks are correct, hmm. but like, I feel like gay people are more willing, I guess. Not willing. Um, what's the right word? More uh, prone. Uh, not more prone. What about adventurous? More adventurous, yeah. I would agree with that, but I think we have to be careful about the implications of what that's really saying. Cool, because we don't think about it. Yeah, but I think everyone's like that. Anyone could be like that. I think I think straight people are more reserved when it comes to sexuality, where, like, a gay person won't think twice to be like, okay, yeah, I'm gonna go meet up with this person I've never met before, but we're gonna fuck, because that's, like, the end goal. I think my closing thoughts on the book are, it was fun, like I said, but also, PJ Vernon, I want to, I want another one. He probably has written more. 
I should. I think he has actually. I think I saw that. We'll do some research and get back to you. We will. We'll let you guys know. Um, and I wonder what we're gonna read next time. Don't be a mystery. What if we decided to queer podcast, uh, like a book podcast? We can't read that much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't have that much time. We hate it here. We love you guys. Keep listening, and we'll catch you next time. Reading is fundamental. Bye bye. Bye. Hey, Queerwigs, Jamie here. Thanks for listening to our latest episode. Now that you've heard our voices, we want to hear yours. So leave a review and rating on Spotify, Apple Music, or your favorite streaming platform. And go follow us at Queers In Your Ears on Instagram. Goodbye, Queerwigs. <laughs>